welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm your host, Contrera. We are currently off-season with the podcast, but I figured, considering the world has gone absolutely crazy, it might be nice to share some content that hopefully will make you feel better during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm calling this episode Calm Catastrophe and I'm speaking to former guests Becky Matthews and Just Jen about their coping mechanisms uh, while you're working at home, what media they're consuming and what things they're working on now and hopefully this will help you during these confusing and trying times. With no further ado, here's our chat. Hello and welcome to Beyond Bechdale, emergency calm catastrophe episode. I'm here with Becky Matthews and Just Jen, who have just been on previous episodes of the podcast, so you should recognise their voices. Say hello. Hello. Um, and we're recording this full disclosure on Skype and I don't really know what I'm doing so let's hope that the recording quality is good enough Um, I wanted to make an episode of the podcast even though we're kind of in hiatus at the moment because um, we always want to provide content to our listeners and been really lucky I've been monitoring um, listening numbers and people have still been listening even though we hadn't made new content um, since January this year so every week people were still finding the podcast and listening to it um, which is really lovely to think that it's like it's there and people are getting it and they're calling in for or they're listening to it from all over the world we get a lot of people in America and Australia all kinds of countries in Europe um, and unfortunately coronavirus is something well, which is affecting the whole world. And so therefore, um, lots of different podcasters are trying to put out content to make sure that people have things to listen to um, to make them feel better during these trying times. Um, How are you two finding the world? We're all in London under coronavirus. Yeah, pretty weird. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, I was George to go first. Uh, yeah, uh, really weird. Um, it's, uh, just, it's hard to know what to say that hasn't already been said, really. Everyone's kind of... It feels like everyone's be- going between um, cycling through, kind of absolutely freaking out and kind of, you know, kind of making jokes to kind of cope, like a sort of hysterical laughter when you're like, oh, what's going on? Um, and I think... I think that's that's going to be part of the course for the time being. You know, it's all just going to be really, really weird. Um, as we're recording this, they've just announced, well, they haven't used, they keep avoiding the word lockdown, but now officially <laughs> the cinemas are shutting. Well, they were already shut, but officially they have to now, bars, restaurants, which I'm really glad because walking around just to get essential supplies, as even in the small neighbourhood that I live in, in North London, there's like loads of people just out, drinking and stuff and it's older people as well people who are in the technically the higher risk categories I'm like mate get inside um so it's but it it is hard so I think the reality is hitting people at different points um and I I don't know like a a lot of people I think a lot of people who don't necessarily have anxiety normally are feeling it um and I I'm an anxious person I was already feeling pretty anxious about life before this (laughs) happened so this has not helped guys how are you two doing 
<laughs> I think you're right that it's definitely hitting people at different moments because I think for me it hasn't it's getting there but it hasn't quite dawned on me like I did some emergency shopping yesterday with my mum and at first we left our street and it was completely quiet and we were like oh this is a bit weird it's like we're the only ones left in the world and then as soon as we like hit the main road there were people everywhere and I was like oh um this is like it's a weird in between isn't it and then you suddenly see the shelves and then it's empty and you sort of go between being like this is real and you know everyone needs to keep safe and keep indoors and then there's another reality that you're like but I'm outside with other people and nobody's keeping that distance and I think like you said it's just a bit of a weird time and very slowly I think it will dawn on a lot of people who it hasn't yet dawned on that you know this for the time being is our new reality like you know making podcasts through skype chats and you know um relying on group chats for to talk to friends and stuff like that and yeah that's something we should definitely talk about yeah which is the use of technology um i think this happening in our lifetime and in the digital age at least means that we are contacting um, people more so through technology anyway there's lots of friends I have particularly in places where I couldn't get to see them ordinarily if they were in another country or um, you know somewhere hard to get to so that we'd always whatsapp or, or talk in you know in another sense on uh, FaceTime or, or something like that and um, uh, I definitely think that there is uh, two different or oh, there are two different groups now people like us who are probably already used to conversing with people over digital means and we don't have to be actually in the same room and therefore um, the social distancing doesn't feel quite so distant because we can treat our phones and our computers as a, a narrowing of that distance and people where they are used to going into workplaces where they are surrounded by hundreds of people and that was their socializing um even if it is in a work capacity and then they have to come home and learn this technology and try and have those relationships without the physical proximity yeah definitely um i was thinking about like um when this kind of was just dawning on people and maybe about two weeks ago people were still making quite a lot of jokes about yeah freelancers have been you know social distancing for their whole careers or something and I was like hey, yeah <laughs> and um and yeah I'm a freelance writer so I socially distant by default and um you know but it's but it's weird but I actually had decided like in the winter time that's when I te- I do tend to hibernate and I've been trying I'd been trying to make an effort I was like right I can't I spend all my day on my own I should probably make a plan to to see yeah. people like once every couple mm. of days and I'm kind of glad that I did put that into practice a couple of months ago and made plans and got out like to meet people in even in the afternoon for a catch-up or like after work hours um to do something because that those times feel so much more precious now because I don't know when I'll have them again but on the flip side on the what you I liked what the way you described it as a narrowing of the distance because um like a lot of people like you know uh, not all my family live here all of my friends you know I've got my, half my family live in Brazil so my mum's from there and she's just had to they've just my parents have just had to postpone their trip for obvious reasons mm-hmm. and um, and I've got friends from across the world as well like my it was really nice the other day my in fact yesterday my friend who lives in LA who I've known for like more than 20 years um got in touch just to see how I was doing and you know spoken to a couple of my cousins in the last few days and 
Mm-hmm. I have one friend in Australia who's working in hospitals there, so he's really having a tough time and, you know, uh, he's sort of staying sane by kind of uh, hanging out with his parrot <laughs> so when he gets home, <laughs> to, you know, which is quite amusing. But, um, you know, I, I felt like already, even though this is the early days and it's a very tense time, just finding comfort in that those communities and and I've and over the years maybe probably the past I'd say 15 years or so I've actually in my look at some of the friends that I'm what's on whatsapp groups with um and including you they're, they're friends that I made you know both of you I knew digitally before I knew IRL yeah um and it's, so <laughs> it's kind of amazing it's not not so different I guess in in some ways I think that um yeah, for us, I think it isn't. But I definitely think for other people, they're probably going to find it harder. And I presume that the people that listen to the podcast are probably made up of both groups. Um, now that podcasts are becoming more popular than ever, and the average person, rather than a more digital savvy person, um, are finding podcast that they can listen to and um, what I wanted to also talk about Jen is about your parents as well so they're still key workers and they're still going to work and because they work in healthcare um yes. ha- has that been any more stressful for them do you think they're working harder now and I'm sure they worked very hard to start with. <laughs> um from the sounds of it from what my mum and dad come back saying yes it's They've shut down like key, um, sorry, places that um, that aren't sort of I'm trying to think how to describe it. I mean, they say medical things, and I'm like, I just nod most of the time because I'm like, I have no idea like that <laughs> as the only non-medic in the house. But um, yeah, it's it's really increased for both of them um, for what they because of what they do. And I know my mum works with um, people who are have sort of higher autoimmune in the sort of high autoimmune category mm-hmm. and so she especially and is just saying that you know they they're not you can't cancel their appointments because they have to come in to get treatment but at the same time everyone does a sort of high level of worry and sort of now on top of her job it's calming um her patients down as well and yeah I mean there's no in their like at their workplace of work there's no conversations of you know, you can't come in. You have to come in. There's that. There's not that conversation that um, other professions are having. And mm. I mean, yeah. And so I think, for example, like I said yesterday, I drove my mum around to get some um, pieces. And even in the morning, I was like, "So we're not going out today." She's like, "No, no. I have to work. This is my only day off in the week. I have sort of am surrounded by sort of patients every day. I need to get some fresh air. I need to do something else." So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. In a way, it's nice to think that a certain level of normality can continue. I think, you know, the human spirit is such that we can adjust to things, even though it isn't how we want it to be. And there is this sort of repressed freedom. There is still some freedom. We can still do some things. And I think particularly here in the UK, it doesn't sound as restricted as it has been in some other places, for example, in France, which isn't that far away from us. Um, uh, And I totally understand that your mum, you know, whatever she's doing, she also may want to have her own personal peace of mind that isn't revolving around laying other people's fears 
my mum, well, she's been nurse years ago, but then um, spent most of her working life in adult social care. And I was thinking she's lucky she's retired because she's, she retired two years ago. And, but you know, I don't know if they start to call. Will they ask the, her back? Because obviously they've just started asking NHS workers. I don't know whether that means they'd ask you. Maybe the to go back. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's I mean anything that has an impact on on healthcare would definitely ultimately impact because also the, the adult social care works so closely with um with, she worked with the elderly and, and especially with um older people with dementia so a lot of that e-support is probably being challenged and they're probably having to isolate a lot of people and I don't know I assume that daycare centers are, are having to shut um uh, because of the, I don't know. I'm saying that I'm not entirely sure, but um, you've got a different. There's difference between residential care and and daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with resources being pulled into this crisis, uh, I don't know where that leaves other. You know, there becomes a hierarchy of need, doesn't there? So I don't know. Um, uh, I don't think she's thought about it like that. I'll be honest. But, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Mark. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Is the answer. At this point, I don't know. But it's. I guess it's not impossible. Not trying and, to uh, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it just got me thinking. I was like, oh yeah, like you know, a couple of years ago, it would have been very different in my household as well. But mm. yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah. And just on that, um, for example, like my what a lot of my dad does is work in the community. So obviously now with all these restrictions, he can't just go into people's homes and assess and do what he normally does. So a lot of what he's done now has to do is um, reverting to sort of like telephone. So again, with like communication, mm-hmm. it's a good thing that we can still communicate and the lines of communications have changed so much in the years. So he can still do his job, but in another way to still offer sort of and still give help to people who need it even if you can't do it the same way he was doing before so I mean I think it's good that the like NHS is adjusting where they can mm. um yeah it's really cool that he's adjusting you know because yeah. he probably didn't think he'd have to start doing this no he hates being in the office but <laughs> but um <laughs> it's it's an adjustment and it's a it's a good thing and yeah he's getting used to it and you know <laughs> yeah yeah, I've got an, a, a medical appointment um, next week and they're doing that. The consultation will be by the phone. Um, and I've also uh, called my surgery the other day because you can nominate a pharmacy. So because they obviously don't want people picking up their prescriptions from GP's office. It's too high risk. So you just mm. nominate the pharmacy. So which I guess sort of just diverts, you know, um, it's, it's they are adapting so fast. So um yeah, like um, massive respect to anyone working for the NHS, obviously. I yeah. got a, a very um, <laughs> brutal text from my GP this morning. Not this morning, just says, do not come into the GP. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I will not. It's, What's it's the planning to <laughs> You know, it's like I think you were like feeling personal personally attacked. Yeah, it was very like in, in capitals and everything. I was like, I wasn't planning to, but I mean, <laughs> and it's quite funny because I think I've had about 
three texts from them just sort of updates in the past three or four weeks so at first mm. it was like if you're not sick you know call 111 avoid coming in and then it was like we're only taking appointments that are people who really need it and then last night it was like do not come into the gp and i was like that's fine then <laughs> that's how i know that the level of urgency has increased yeah. through those texts and and pressure on the services yeah god um, yeah Hannah Stern, how can I help you? Someone said that you're the best. Mm. I want a divorce. Hannah? Christine? People have affairs, but that is not always the cue for divorce. I got you something. High-profile client, entertainment industry. She's hiding something. Most people are. I think, firstly, we can talk about our coping mechanisms. And I think maybe, um, Becky, you should go first, because, as you said, you're a freelancer and you're used to um, working from home and you don't always have the same kind of contact with people. So I thought maybe if you could talk a bit about your routine and then maybe Jen and I could follow up with that. And then I thought after that, we'll talk about our favourite subject, which is media, all, all the TV and films and what have you that we're doing, um, our recommendations for content that will make people feel better yeah okay um well i am gonna um first of all say that my overarching um decision for how i'm framing this period of time in the flat is uh i'm calling it my spring hibernation <laughs> i'm not calling it the, <laughs> the isolation vibe, but it's spring hibernation i'm choosing to do that um nice. and I've, I've i helped that by buying myself a small hyacinth plant which i'll see if i, I can keep alive because i'm like i'm bringing spring <laughs> inside to this year because you know i'm not going to get to hang out in it as much as i'd like um so but anyway back to the point um yeah so i i generally i always say this to people when they're new to home working and newly freelance like for me it was i was very discombobulated by um working from home when i first started particularly i started in the winter months i think the fact that it's it is at least lighter for longer now will really help people's mental yeah. health because um but definitely stick to a routine like um although i i defy anyone that says you can't work in your pajamas because you 100 percent can <laughs> doesn't affect productivity but set a limit have a shower at least at some point in a day i'm not gonna judge on when that is <laughs> and I'm not disclosing when my shower time is either. Thanks. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, you kind of have now. It's not first thing in the morning. <laughs> no, I can't. I didn't say it wasn't. Anyway, like I, I generally wake up, you know, quite early. Not necessarily breezy. I'm not naturally a morning person, but I've start. I've, I've got to do exercises in the mornings anyway because I'm having. I'm doing physio or. Um, shoulder break pain super fun and clicky um but so I, I've been doing that and then I'm trying to do a little bit of yoga first thing in the morning but even if you're not particularly like a yoga but just do something that is not I think don't roll out of bed and get straight onto a screen if you can even if it's it doesn't have to be long it's not be like an hour's workout but obviously you know you're not commuting less an hour you're not going to be walking like I don't know even if it's just like walking up and down the hallway of your flat doing some I think do something that is not um work related just to get into you know into the day um have breakfast and then tackle work because it can be really tempt it can be quite disorientating or if you you feel like you have to log on immediately especially I guess if you're you know working from a remote team and you're dealing with possible IT issues and service and stuff so I'd say yeah just have 
a bit of just quiet time, however that is. Actually, like sometimes even if it's not that I like reading, like for the maybe the first before I've even got out of bed, I might spend half an hour reading. Um, and I, that's quite nice as well. Like not as in rolling news, not Twitter, but a book <laughs> or, or fiction, you know, so, something, your friend's script. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I read. Um, so do you have those, any book recommendations just at the moment? Um, well, I've got, a, I've just finished the vegetarian, which is quite surreal and a little bit saucy, <laughs> but, but it's a very good book. I think it's part of, it's the first in a trilogy. It's, I feel like it's it's good because um, it's set south. It's set in modern South Korea, so it's kind of like watch Parasite and then read that. So there's a bit of a theme happening without meaning to. Um, but yeah, really um, quite dark and um, but yeah, it's good. So that I just I quick read as well. It's not it's not a particularly thick book because I I'm finding like concentrating. I couldn't get into like a big heavy tome right now. Um, but yeah, so that that's been good, um, and I've got a pile of other books to crack on with as well. But yeah, I'd just say like yeah, re- reading in the morning is quite nice. Well, I know a lot of people read in bed anyway, but obviously, if you're used to reading on the tube or the bus, then just just you know give yourself that commute time. That's still your time. You wouldn't be uh, you know at work at seven thirty, so don't start working at that early either. Um, that's a great piece of advice. Build in a commute. But you're not technically going anywhere, but you are fixing a period of time that's just for you, which isn't work-related. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, I like that yeah. as well. Thanks. Um, it, yeah, it took me a while <laughs> to kind of get that. But like when I did, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a revelation. <laughs> I have this all this extra time. Um, and I would also say building it's easier when you're at home. I know everyone says, Oh, it's distracting. I always personally found the office environment way more distracting, but I quite like to work in bursts. So I'll say I'll work really intensely for say two hours or three hours or something, then take a break. And it might be like 20 minutes or so or whatever, but just reset like between tasks, which Mm. is harder to do in the office because you're just like, you're sitting there and then it's lunchtime. But, but then also remember that you're not being pulled into meetings that, usually go on longer than they need to let's be frank and yes you will get interrupted the phone will ring you'll be on skype let's be honest most of us are going to be glued to social media and the news media at this point and that's fine too um i think businesses and, and clients are going to understand that your productivity is going to dip during a difficult time but also give yourself space to do that and yeah i mean I always built in time in my day to go out. Obviously that is trickier now, but then think about it this way. If you do have to go out for supplies, try and go out, you know, figure out, look out the window, see if it's busy or not head out to get what you need to get. And and that becomes your daily walk. So then you are having a bit of socially distant contact with the outside world and then coming back again. So I think breaking up the day into chunks is is really good. And then, forging your own routine and sometimes that routine is set around you might have like a daily stand-up with your team or you might have like a client call once a week but you know things like that should it still be a stand-up i like that you should still stand yeah. up, still stand up. Home. yes <laughs> because i'm here to tell you kids as someone's going through physio do not take your posture for granted <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's no joke so, Have you got any yeah. advice on um, uh, eating and drinking? 
<laughs> because the, I'm looking at my kitchen right now full of food. Not that I've been panic buying. I promise I haven't. Uh, <laughs> a bit like stockpiling, let's say. <laughs> But um, is that something, do you think you just get into a routine as if you were in an office? Obviously, it's a little bit different when people think, oh, between 12 and 2 normally, oh, that would be someone's lunch hour if if they're able to get out at lunch. Have you found you just um, uh, eat when you're hungry or or did you find when you first started that you did more? No, when I first started, I would do ridiculous things like I'd like, I'd wait, I, it would, I'd be like, why am I so, I was getting hangry. I was like, why can't I concentrate? I'm so annoyed. And I was like, oh, it's four o'clock and I haven't had lunch yet. Maybe I should oh. do that. And yeah, because you're not getting the social cue so. from other people. No, because no one's getting up and going, it's lunchtime, off to get yeah. food. You know, it's, <laughs> you have to do that. But actually, I just find that I naturally get hungry at particular points in the day. And, you know, Sarah, you've traveled with me. You know that food, I'm never, I'm, I'm always basically planning the next snack or meal. I'm not ashamed to say That's that. I'm like the best way to travel. I'm like, I'll be eating at some point in the next hour. Good. That's all I need to know. <laughs> um, so I always, I mean, obviously food is never far away, which is great. You know, you don't have to go foraging when you work from home. You would think unless you live in a forest, um, <laughs> in which case you're in for some exciting times. But, um, no, um, I'm digress. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's better if you can eat at normal time. I mean, your body will tell you when you need to eat, right? You, you, you'll start getting hangry. If you're anything like me, you'll just be like, I can't focus anymore. Oh, I need to eat. Um, but whether I'm in an office or at home, three o'clock is tea o'clock. And that goes anywhere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like my afternoon cup of tea is like a sacred time. And I'm like... That's when I'm having a go. I don't know why. It's just, and I find myself craving it at that point. I'm just like, oh, that's I, nice. I, like, yeah. yeah. One so of the like, tips li- I wanted to share was definitely that you need to make little treats for yourself, and you are in control of your own working environment and your work day. And therefore, you know, you, I think you can kind of con yourself into into having a treat um and yeah we're okay we don't want to be stuffing our faces full of chocolate all, all day long but if you say yes at this time i'll do this or even if it's um play yourself your favorite piece of music um yeah have a cup of tea i haven't drank in a little while so i am definitely going to do the friday uh virtual drinks with anyone i can find so i think um that's another thing as well if you want to have a drink that alcohol is completely acceptable on the beyond beckdale podcast um uh unless you've got anything else i think i might go to jen now if that's okay because i've um, talked for long enough (laughs) (laughs) no it's always it's been really helpful and you're a long time freelancer so you can be like oh all your new people coming into this (laughs) listen listen to your elders and betters um so jen and i i think are slightly different in the sense that sometimes we're in offices sometimes we're in home sometimes we have projects where an employer is paying us to do something and sometimes we're trying to do our own stuff i know becky you're doing that too but um uh so most of the time or a lot of the time you get to kind of mix those whereas sometimes I have to separate them and I think Jen does too yeah. so Jen how are you finding this period because at the moment you're mostly personal projects based while you wait because it's probably quite hard to get something of your nature of work at the moment yeah like this would have been around the time where um TV work picks up so I in fact had an interview booked for 
this week and then got cancelled. And then just to find out that most of TV production, everyone is basically out of a job from now because obviously nobody can go out and so no TV can be made. And I guess you're right. Like I've got my own personal projects going on that I was working, that I've been working on. So it's helped to keep things a little bit grounded. And I think I just need to actually take some of Becky's advice because I tend to wake up and then like stretch and then basically grab my laptop and then start going. And then I might work for like a couple of hours and then be like, right, time for a cup of tea now or like time to get up and get out of my pajamas. But um, yeah, it's been, I think because now would have been the time that I would have started getting back into the world. It's now sort of dawning on me that no, no, my hibernation period, much like yours, Becky, is sort of continuing on for longer than I expected. So Mm. I think for me, it's, try I think what I've decided to do is look at all the things that I have on my list of things to do and see what I can get ticked off at the moment is the way I'm seeing it so um like whatever projects I've been like no I'll have to wait and do that in September or you know I'll start tinkering with that at a later date because it's going to take too long or I'm not going to think about that now because I've got work it's looking at what I can just start doing now and then feeding that into my day and acting like it's work yeah yeah exactly true but it is work but I suppose um creative endeavor for personal (laughs) and professional gain um are you how are you finding uh, are you being distracted or can you stop distraction (laughs) I am always distracted I uh, (laughs) I think part like my working process is about 80 percent distraction to be honest so <laughs> okay and I think and I think that is why when I get up in the morning one of the first things I do is get my laptop and just sort of bang out a couple of hours of work because I think that's when I'm most productive and then it'll be a couple of hours of um you know I'll, I might watch a couple of episodes of tv and then come back for like a late after so I'll split my day into two or three sort of sections I think is what works for me because I know that I'm so bad at procrastinating so it'll be three hours work and then a two hour break and then another three hours work and then another two hours break sort of thing Mm. I like that two hour break sounds great (laughs) (laughs) I know it's I mean every time I try to pretend that it's only going to be 20 minutes I'll say one more episode or I'll end up I'll look at the time and be like oh actually it's time for lunch so I might as well eat and watch a movie and then I'll go back to work. Um, but it's what works for me, I guess. And I know, like, um, I've got some other friends who um, sort of have structured their day a lot more like um, Becky does. And they're like, how can you just get up and start working? But I know that if I sort of don't start with that injection of motivation, then my whole day is just <laughs> it's just going to be a mess. That's good, though, that you are highly self-motivated, even if it waves off or, you know, some days you have a write-off. I think that um, my top piece of advice is that I think um, people, and perhaps especially women, always give themselves a hard time about things in any context. Um, And I think that giving yourself a break is the most important thing. If we have a job that still needs to be done and can be done working from home, no doubt somebody somewhere will find you to ensure that you do that job. If you're doing something and it's your own personal motivation, particularly if it's a creative work, are there's lots of different ideas on this subject. I've 
read a lot, and I'm sure you two have probably have as well, um, interviews and, and articles and listen to podcasts with famous creatives talking about their routines. And some people will say, oh, hold office hours. For example, I think a lot of writers and a lot of script writers um, and other people will say, you, you do the work when the creativity strikes you. And I'm kind of somewhat in the middle. I try to do a little bit of something every day, but I don't think I could ever be a person that would lock myself for 10 hours away just writing something because I worry that it would become rote and I would just be trying Mm. to get something done rather than really thinking about it because I truly believe that thinking about your characters or thinking about the visualization of your story is work even though it's not work how we were taught (laughs) In terms of, you know, writing a document or, you know, making a presentation or, you know, something like working in the NHS, helping a person. So um, I think, yeah, I'm always thinking about the creative stuff anyway. Something can strike me at any point. um, But at the same time, it's good to sit down and do something to say you've written some words like um, you obviously were saying to us earlier, Jen. Um, uh, But at the same time, don't be hard on yourself if during this period you aren't working as hard as this grand plan Mm. that you had for yourself. I think um, there's been a lot of stuff I've seen on Twitter. I don't know if you two have as well with people saying, now's the time to write your screenplay and now's the time to (laughs) get this made. And I'm like, it's great, but it's also stressful, isn't it? I know. And everyone reacts differently, don't they? Um, Actually, you make a really, I mean, both make a really good point. I definitely, I, it probably sounded like my routine is very set and it's not, it's just, but well, it's mainly because when I'm talking about that, I'm not really talking about screenwriting. I'm talking about the work I do for other people, which is very different to how I would approach my own writing, which would be a lot more loose. I would be like, I get really tired. I'd spend two or, two or three hours on my script and I'm like, I've done excellent pages and if the momentum isn't there after that point I stop and I'll come back to it I don't I would never sit and do like eight hours of screenwriting in one go well oh, I never, never imagine <laughs> I, I it can't. just sounds so exhausting it does. It's, it's not productive and yeah the no. reason I so even if I do work I you know there's some days I don't um you know I may yeah I might have spent four hours of my day actually writing but mm. I'm being self-employed as you know as well Jen like your time isn't just spent doing the thing that you're doing you have to you know you're making calls or you're like sort of fun things with your accountant or you know stuff like that (laughs) or the admin of it you're basically running a business one and so Mm -hmm. that is that is different but when it comes to anyone's I always just say like what what works for me isn't necessarily gonna work for someone else like some people can I really admire people who can just have no plan but I've always been someone that's written like a to-do list and even things get bumped. Yeah, things get bumped all the time. I'm like, oh, that's just uh, uh, what was it? Was he said Johnson off of Peep Show goes? I'll stick it on the later base. <laughs> 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 but I find myself saying it like when I when I read stuff. I'm like, Haha, take that Wednesday task. You're on Friday now. <laughs> so you know, I'm not rigidly sticking to routine. It that you know changes a bit and. Um, yeah. And by the way, I try to like on a normal working week, I normally try and have Friday afternoon off. So I'm like, yeah, that's my going into town and wandering around afternoon. 
Um, yeah. Oh, like, we're talking know, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> now we're having a virtual afternoon off. Well, it's private. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but you're right. Yeah. But that, that's the main thing, is it? No, knowing how you work, and I think even if um, you're no longer in an office setting, for the people who um, have had to transition to working from home, working from home does especially in this transition, give you a few benefits. So obviously you've got the tasks that you need to get done and calls and virtual calls that you like you need to be a part of, but it's sort of the time to like loosen up a bit and sort of you already know how you work best, whether it's from um, being at school or uni and know that you revise better at night or work better in the morning. I think now is a good time for people to sort of just get used to the fact that they're at home and adapt as best they can. So if that is a case of, you know, shifting some tasks to the evening because, you know, you work better at night and it means you can have like a a cheeky afternoon off if the boss doesn't know, then I think that's the time to do that and sort of just make it fun, you know, make it a bit of an, make it enjoyable. Everyone talks about um, how much they'd love to work from home and they're sick of the office. So, you know, blessing in disguise, I guess. Now's the test. Yeah. And also people with kids, because they're going to, their kids are suddenly, now the schools are shutting, uh, exactly. or some people have, you know, non-school-ish kids anyway, they are good, their routine is, you know, there will have to be a degree of flexibility, because I reckon parents will probably have to tag team who's keeping the kids out of trouble and who's doing their work and what, you know. I actually have a um, WhatsApp group where, um there are eight of us and I'm the only person that doesn't have kids of various different ages and it's been really interesting like uh, watching them share tips talking about what's happening Um, and there hasn't been any fighting but it's a group of people who I've known for a long time however they are definitely taking different approaches to what they're doing some are going out still taking their um, children to swimming and gym classes and things like that whereas other people might say that that isn't the best thing to do but because we have these kind of competing ideas about what to do about children's immunity um you don't ever want to tell a parent what, what especially as a non-parent what what to do Kristen bell um who i know does a lot of stuff with uh because she has two daughters of her own with helping parents um and she was just saying yeah you can treat this as a fun time so what you you said earlier jenna it really made me think about yeah kids wanting to think about this as the great fun time they had at home where they didn't have to go to school instead of Mm -hmm. this really scary anxiety inducing period where we're not supposed to go out and there's food missing from supermarket shelves so um it's certainly the mother of invention uh these times (laughs) (laughs) nice pun there (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah queen I suggest you keep a low profile. This is not good. Queen, get out of there now! Let's go get him! Sono, I need you to gather intel. Dread like these people are very powerful. 
earlier, Jen, you were talking about TV episodes um, and how you wanted to watch just one more thing. So I think we should segue into now what we're watching, what we recommend uh, to watch or to do um, and how we can use media to help us uh, during these stressful times. So what were you watching? I have just finished watching. Um, I'm always behind. I should always flag on everything, TV, movies, <laughs> like just always. So um, I've only just finished watching series two of The Split, which is on BBC and is about a um, a family a, a family of family lawyers. And um, there's an affair going on in there, and it's just a bit crazy, and it's just was just beautiful and it was six episodes and I just I've been to watch well I forced myself to spread it out over three days as part of my like <laughs> that was that was one of my um hour and a half breaks per day <laughs> watching Love two it. episodes a day. Um and so yeah that just finished watching that and um Queen Sono on Netflix which was the the series that was the first, I believe, first African Netflix original series that came out earlier this month. Um, oh wow! So that was really, so that was really good. It's about a female spy um, based in South Africa, and I've, my friend's been telling me to watch it for like weeks, and I'm like, I'll get to it. But um, <laughs> um, binge watch that. As always, I'm always getting to everything. And gosh, what else I've been doing? I think I need to watch just three episodes. Um, again, it's already finished. It finished this week. Liar on ITV. Um, so there's three episodes and I think I might binge watch, save that for Monday, a Monday break. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're so lucky with um, catch up services and all of these VOD services that you can get. Because like, I know that the splits on iPlayer, because I see it every time I go on there. And I think Liars on uh, ITV Player or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think so. Mm, Becky, what about you? So um, I would also second the split. Very, very good. Um, I watched series one, I think it was last year, and I've just finished uh, series two, which I think I did over a couple of days as well. And so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, very good Is there anything you two want to talk about as to why it's so good? Because given you've both seen it, that sounds like, and you've obviously, you, you chose that because there was something about it. Um, do, do, have you got any more thoughts? For me, it's just, I really like the first series. I like, well, I've got a fascination with lawyers in general because I believe in another life I would have been a lawyer, but um, I chose a different path. So as soon as lawyers are involved, you could I, still become one if you wanted to. True. I mean, honestly, after watching. <laughs> After watching the split, I was suddenly Googling um, law conversion courses. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what the show had me doing. And I just think that it's a weird compliment, but it's very un-BBC. I found, I think the music was beautiful, the characters, just the drama going on um, with the main character, Hannah Stern. And even though to a certain extent, I realised a lot wasn't going on with some of the secondary characters, like her sisters, you were just so engrossed in her story and the balance of the second series where you're sort of trying to decide while you're sort of looking at someone and thinking, okay, you're, well, the villain is a strong word, but you're looking at someone thinking you're the one at fault, you're the villain here, but as the season goes on, you realise that your mind changes and the situation changes. And I just I think there's something about the music, how it was shot, and um, the actress, whose name I don't know, who plays Hannah's Stern. It's just something about all of that together that I was just it's so... Nicola I'm not 100%, yeah. I think. Nicola, sound, Nicola sounds right. Um, 
so yeah it was just both calming I don't know something calming about it I found as I was watching it and I doesn't make any sense because it was very dramatic at times but calming television I think just I think also the fact that you sort of see them in London and going around London and knowing that I couldn't be walking the same street she's walking which I might have done in the past something about that was quite nice for me and Becky do you feel the same way yeah, I did. I mean, um, fun fact that where they um, have their lawyer offices um, is actually in Clockwell Green. And I've worked in that office. So that's a fun oh. fact. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, anyway, that's um, yeah, I love the family dynamic. I love that it was um, a family of, you know, a female led law firm, which mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a TV show that is focused on that. And I love the fact that it balanced the interior lives of each of those characters. And like I say, it did, it did, um, was really about Hannah's story, but it was, um, but but you got so much insight into the mom and the the sisters um, and and their sort of absent father and what led them to pursue family law. And they kept saying, we're not divorce lawyers, we're family lawyers, but everyone (laughs) goes to them for divorces. And also the interior lives of the characters, I think, opens up a lot in series two without being spoilery. It does it definitely treads a post-Me Too territory, which is tricky because it could come off as a bit trite or doesn't really work. But I think it, it does it, mm. it. It doesn't overblow it. It does it in a way that feels credible. I don't know. I, and the performance is also great. It's a brilliant cast. Um you know, you had really good supporting cast in series one. Like that, I was almost sad not to see come back because there was no role for them. But me and was, was quite big in the first series. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Not in not in series two, but again, it was. But then they had just as good. I don't know if it's coming back. They've ended it in a way that's slightly ambiguous. There's definitely enough material that they could do a third series. They've left a couple of they've kind of things open, but at the same time, it feels like. If it ended there, it would all, almost be kind of perfect as well. I don't know if, how you feel about that, Jen. I no, I agree. I think part of me, when you know, you just love a show so much that you just want it to come back all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I think part of me is like, I just want it to come back. I just want to know more. I just want to see Nicola Walker act some more and see what happens with those characters. But you're right, actually, where it ended is actually quite a calm place for it to end. It's at a place where you as an audience can just imagine for yourself what happened next and how they lived from there on. So I think if it didn't come back, because I think the first series came out like almost two years ago. So they're quite mm-hmm. slow when with like new product, with um, bringing back new series. So it could as well as well as it couldn't. But you're right. I think it's quite a nice place where it ended. But you two would both definitely watch another series. So I'm going to predict here and, and now that there'll be a season three. Yeah, I know nothing about it. <laughs> but, but you know, but then to be fair, series three hadn't even been confirmed before things kicked off, so where that would really delay things. But who knows? Um, obviously, um, in much less dramatic world events, a few years ago there was a huge writers' strike, and loads of our favourite shows got mm-hmm. pushed back by a, like, quite a long way. So who knows? But um, yeah, I, I mean, if it came back, I would definitely want to watch it again. Oh, good. And sorry, I interrupted you. But what, what what else were you talking about that you were watching or doing? Oh yeah. So um, there was uh, 
a series that's just that is a series that's just come out. I think in the US it's on Netflix, um, but in the UK it's on Channel Four. It's on all four, and you can stream them all. I started watching them yesterday and finished two this morning. So that was my breakfast routine. <laughs> <laughs> I did yoga and I watched two episodes of comedy. Rumble guys, thanks. It's Friday, um, so um, treat yourself. But um, no, that's so good. It's um, features. It's what I mean. There's a, been a bit. Sorry, of a I state. didn't hear. I missed what it's called. What's it called? Feel good. It's called. Ah, this brings me to a subject in a second about the naming of TV programs. But please carry um, on. Okay, so it's totally reminding me a bit of another series that I loved on Channel Four from sometime well, late. Uh, 2018, I think it was, called The Bisexual, which was um, Desiree Akavani. It's that kind of semi-autobiographical hmm. indie kind of piece. I mean, I, I was part of me is like, oh, it's another, it's another sitcom about a comedian who's quite dysfunctional. Great, we haven't had enough of those, but actually most of those <laughs> are quite men. Um, so this is a, a much more interesting deal. And actually, Mae Martin's got quite an interesting backstory and I won't say too much to give it away if you haven't don't know about her I don't know her stand up that well but she does she's a pretty big deal she has quite a few I think a couple of Netflix specials already and this is like um she basically meets someone that she sort of falls in love with but this actually falls in love with a woman who doesn't normally go out with women and that that becomes tricky and it's basically two people who are, are both keeping secret and how that plays out um and, and the, their kind of individual insecurities and, and the way that they deal with each other. Um, and there's, there's a brilliant supporting performance by Sophie Thompson as um, well as a drug sponsor. And she's, she's it's, there's a lot of pathos in it. It doesn't, because again, the tone could be really cringy if it's like, you know, set against the, you know, rehab and things like that. There's lots of, mm. lots of points that, done well it can be really really good and at times it's it's not laugh out loud loud funny it's actually quite sad but but my favorite type of comedy is tragedy comedy and that again is they're kind of the perfect length they're like 25 minute episodes so very easy to binge watch um yeah you'll laugh you might cry but i think it's quite um i think in terms of uh what is it called catastrophe i feel like it hits the spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I mentioned that for the episode, did I? So that I'm calling this calm catastrophe because there was a certain um, type of uh, disaster movie, I think, in the 70s, 80s, which which came to be known the calm catastrophe because you would have a motley crew of five or six people and you would you'd be introduced to them and see them in the situation of some post-apocalyptic nightmare, uh, including pandemics. And um, the idea would be that you would fall for them and they would always be safe at the end, hence a calm catastrophe because everything bad is going um going on around them but the people who you um identify with who you're following will always be okay in the end which is what i'm saying for everybody through coronavirus jen were you going to say something um well i can i can talk quickly about what i'm what i've been watching because i actually take a very different approach to this and um i'm probably going to make another episode of the podcast looking at this in more detail so i won't say um too much um when something like this 
happens. I'm really into post-apocalyptic dystopic content anyway. If something's about the world gone completely to shit and how people cope afterwards, I'm really into it. It's something about just, I don't know, wanting to understand how people survive and realising that I've got a really cushy life, even during something through this. Um, And one of the shows I'm watching at the moment is Netflix's I'm Not Okay With This, which is a show that I had to look up because I was like, I cannot remember what it's called because it's got this really strange name there's just seemed to be a lot of um a lot of shows and a lot of films at the moment which are just named really randomly just like a random sentence and obviously you know feel good's a bit similar to that um and um have either of you two watched any of that do you know anything about yeah. it yeah I, I really liked it i i thought i've been to watch that in like a weekend I think um, yeah I actually haven't finished it I kind of wanted to stop myself like Jem was saying but um it stars I, I forget what her, her name is I forget what the, the lead character's name is, but she she I know her from being in it she's an amazing actress with red hair and, and, and sorry what she's in sharp objects as the young oh. Amy Adams character yeah let's see her Oh, a young, young version, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's a she's a fantastic actress, and it's a, it's a we could say it's a sort of Carrie Stephen King's Carrie retelling, except for it's not. But um, yeah, yes. <laughs> And it's just and it's just about teenage angst and it manifesting itself in a teenage girl's uh, anger power where she can. So I've only seen three episodes so far because I was rationing and where she can split walls and and, um, make things happen and make people get ill. And I'm looking forward to um, watching more of that. And I just want to say before I go into the other things, um, even without us really talking about this, we, we seem to be watching content that definitely has these strong female characters uh which is very beyond Beckdale but also shows that um when you have access to that then we'll choose it to watch yeah I I agree um I think I've always been drawn towards strong female character led television and well mostly television like some of my old school favorite shows like Gilmore Girls, Veronica Mars, Charmed. Mm-hmm. It was only a couple of years ago that I realized, okay, these are all shows that have strong female leads. And I like that that sort of continued into adulthood. And it's great that these shows still exist. Oh, I think there's more of them. We're definitely yeah. lucky to be now living in this era where there is more and more of this content. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the other things that I'm doing is I love Westworld. I'm so happy that Westworld's back. Some people hate it. Um, I absolutely love it. it. You've never seen it. Well, it no, it's not type <laughs> whether of thing. it's for you or not, you can pick it up at any time. But um, <laughs> if you are prone to anxiety, it might make you more anxious. It's yeah, it can probably. be quite bloody. It can be quite vicious. But it has some ultra strong female characters who are actually synthetic robots invented for um uh human beings pleasure and then what happens when they revolt um and the third series has just started and uh, i'm just loving it because for me the, the how i control things in an uncontrollable world is i like to look 
look at mystery box programming. I always like something where I get to look at a website afterwards or listen to a podcast afterwards or talk it through or go onto Reddit threads. I love these like mindfuck programs because for me, I feel like I'm part of it more than the average passive viewer. And that's not for everybody because sometimes we want to sit back and we want to watch some comedy or Disney film or something where we know what we're getting. But actually I'm feeling when I feel disempowered, I want to do something which gives me some power and for some reason mystery box post-apocalyptic programming works for me mm-hmm. it's crazy um and also um as listeners know to the podcast i game quite a bit and um i've just started a new ps4 game called control which again has got a woman woman uh, first person character i love it and she is um uh she suddenly becomes the director through no fault of her own of a fbi type organization which is called the fbc federal bureau of control and basically is this american organization which is trying to hide paranormal events from the people and she has to use all these powers she can control things with her mind she there's also a bit of shooting people unfortunately but it's also about puzzle solving um and kind of what what do you do in the unknown how do you solve these puzzles how do you find out more about this um strange it's it's very kind of i would say twin peaksian lynchian um game and again that might not be for some people because you could say it's anxiety inducing in itself but there's something about me being able to wield a controller and move a character along where again i feel literally like i have control so that game is called control so obviously <laughs> I wanted um, and Westworld and uh, uh, I'm not okay with this what I'm uh, getting into at the moment um, so we've been talking for quite a while and this has been great because this has been a really nice social catch up <laughs> excuse me Dina's been studying this for weeks now Brad cheats off her and she has to fail the test I mean that is such bullshit you can take that language Straight to detention. Anyone else? Uh, Motherfucker. Okay, fine. Detention for you too, Mr. Barber. I thought maybe we'd end with talking about what you are working on with your creative projects and and how you see that going. So, Jen, you want to talk about um, your short screenplays? Yes. Um, So, with me currently, I am in the middle of releasing episodes of my web series, which is called Phase 2. You are releasing your web series. It's out now for people to watch on YouTube. Yes, so just either Google Sassy Jam Productions or Phase 2. And then so far we've got four episodes out, I believe, and we've got two more coming hopefully by the end of the month. And it's just sort of focusing on a group of friends who are quote-unquote millennials and just as they deal with everyday life, they've all got things going on and we just sort of watch as they sort of explore that. And I think what's quite interesting is that there's an, we have an episode which um, – is based solely on sort of a group chat. So sort of like we're all sort of now social isolating, um, self-isolating and social distancing. It's sort of quite, it sort of goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning, doesn't it? That, you know, we've still got ways to communicate with other people. Um, So yes, that's one of the things I'm up to. And um, ideally this year, we thought I'd 
do a couple of short films. So I'm in the process of writing a couple of those. But I mean, who knows how it's going to go now on the production side. But the main thing is that at least I've got it, it written. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm up to at the moment. Yeah, see, you are being super productive. I love it. Uh, Becky, so um, how are things going with your, is it your feature film screenplay you're still working on? Yeah, I've got two main scripts that I've been working on, um, which, to be honest, I've been busily focusing on writing scripts for other people because that's what's paying me at the moment. <laughs> being a freelancer <laughs> in these times, you've got to put the client work first. But um, apart from that, um, yes, um, my own writing, I've been writing this feature script for what feels like a lifetime, but um, I've got to tidy up um, second draft and send it out for delightful feedback and then have a cry and stop writing. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> yay. Um, oh, lovely. The fragile ego of the writer. Um, and then, uh, and I've been writing this um, a short that I, again, was hoping to shoot this year, but probably not but hey I mean it took me ages to make my first short because I was doing it around a job so I'm used to pushing things back um weirdly I had an idea for a web series I was working on for ages and then shelved it would be perfect for these times that maybe would get revived but it was kind of about interior world building in a flat where it was like two flatmates one who's obsessed with kind of digital world and living pretty much digitally not a total recluse but more or less and one who's of the exact opposite and yeah anyway had this all these ideas of like sounds, sounds good sounds yeah. like it might have been put to one side but it's not forgotten yeah so it's always there there is a pilot script kind of lying around so mm-hmm. um, who knows who knows so yeah that, that's that's where i'm at, at the moment Oh, sounds great. And I'm still working on my feature script. As as you said, Becky, it takes a long time and you need to get feedback. And um, if I'm being brutally honest, I've not, I don't usually suffer from writer's block. And I think that's because, like you were saying, there's other work to be done for clients. And so therefore you try and fit in your creative ideas. They're they're kind of bursting from the seams. But actually um, I'm tasked with changing the ending and I am struggling a little bit just because I think I suffer with ending projects generally. I, I, I keep toying with earlier parts of the script instead of looking at the end. And I'm sure anyone who writes any scripts probably identifies with this feeling, which is that you don't want to do the one big thing when actually it's probably not going to be that difficult, but I'm kind of shying away from it. And so my aim next week is to not be so shy and uh, give it a crack (laughs) and think about the end. Um, is there anything else you want to say to listeners in during our calm catastrophe? Oh, I've got one more tip. Um, uh, it's not to do with films or anything, but um, I found oh, uh, go for it. Music has always been very calming and helpful to me through any times. Um, and I found taking little breaks for kitchen dancing has been a wonder. <laughs> Just nice. having a little turn your flat or your kitchen into a mini disco. But, you know, at any time, it doesn't have to be in the evening, probably during the day, <laughs> depending on, you know, how the windows in your flat are and how many people can see in. But, you know, who, who cares in these times? That's the least of anyone's problems, whether you're having a box to yes, sir, I can do it. <laughs> or whatever your song of choice, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Control, New York City, present day. Set within the oldest house, 
the headquarters of a covert government organization known as the Federal Bureau of Control. You play well, I'm very pleased to say that I survived a three-way Skype call and hopefully that's clear and everyone can hear the podcast. So um, that's my achievement of the day. Thank you so much to Becky Matthews and Just Jen. There will be links to their work and profiles on the show notes and another podcast episode will be coming your way shortly. Emergency one where we look into different ways of coping with the pandemic and what film and TV can teach us about it. Until then, see ya. Jen, were you going to say something? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when you host a podcast and force people to talk?